Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to The Angel Connection, a weekly show about all things angelic with your host, international healer and author, C.J. Martins. Good evening, my angel friends. Oh, gosh, it's been so long, and I hope that you all are doing well or at least riding the waves uh, with acceptance and gratitude. Uh, You know, last year was such a crazy year. I had to take a personal hiatus, take some me time, which is what I tell all of you to do. If you need it, you've got to take it. But I've sure missed the show. And you're listening to C.J. Martis on the Angel Connection on Friday, January 31st. 2014. Well, tonight I'm going to welcome uh, Vincent Jenna back to my show. You know, we had some technical difficulties when I had him on last year, um, and so I wanted to bring him back, and it's a great way to kick off the new year, kick off um, the show again, and so we're going to have some exciting shows this year, and we're going to break format a little bit with some future shows, so stay tuned for some details on that. You may re, uh, remember that I used to kind of start the show with prayer requests and an inspiring story. I'm going to forgo those uh, tonight. I think there's a lot for Vincent and I to talk about. And if you listen to what we did get to do, he and I just were going going to town. And so I'm excited about uh, having that interview. Now, I know you've been waiting, though, for the angel message. So we're back with these weekly angel messages. The feedback's been phenomenal. I'm very happy to be able to facilitate them to help you on your journey. So here we go. This is the angel message for the week, January 31st, 2014. Dear ones, we send greetings of divine blessing to you today. Over the past couple of months, and especially after coming into the new year, there have been many changes in the energetic world that you may have been experiencing in a variety of ways everywhere from your emotions to physical challenges in your body. We are here to help guide you with these challenges and support your awakening to your true nature. We wish specifically to share some teachings with you about overcoming fear. You'll hear many, including yourself, discuss clearing fears and facing the fears that you have right now. This present year and and the year's cycle will support the identification of those fears and allow you to consciously move out of old fears as they are recognized. Though it is a wonderful personal goal to eliminate fear, we wish to share about such fear and help you understand ways to move more smoothly through these types of learning processes. If your goal is to abolish fear, then you might find yourself in self-judgment more rather than less if you do not realize fear as an integral part of you, you will never become completely fearless. And you cannot stop this emotion 100% of the time. Fear can help you when you're in danger. Fear can also help you recognize your self-limitations. 
the first step in reducing those fears that keep you away from the full experiences that you are meant to have in your lifetime is acceptance. You will need to be all right and accept that fears will arise from time to time. You are human and you will experience fear. If you accept fear, then you eliminate the self-denial that can often be present when your mind tries to convince you that you're just fine when maybe really you aren't. Any denial or disconnection from the various emotional states that you have can suppress an understanding of yourself and lead you away from your goals. Take time to look at your human experiences as a range of emotional energy. Take time to accept these parts of yourself as necessary and all right, no matter how you feel. We know this is not always easy to do in the moment, but if you take some reflective time to consider this aspect of who you are, remember you don't have to like all the emotions you experience, but you will need to learn to accept that they are there, and no matter how hard you may want to, they should not be suppressed willingly. Emotions such as fear are actually useful in your life journey. If you had no emotions, emotions, then your life experience would simply have no flavor at all. You will notice this few weeks more situations where you are shown the truth of something in your life that was previously hidden to you. The energies right now support all aspects of seeing the truth of a situation and indeed yourself. So pay attention for these new insights and allow these new types of awarenesses to guide you more to your authentic self. We know many of you are experiencing physical difficulties and sensitivities that you may have had not had to concern yourself with before. These are because of your physical cells trying to change frequency. Your body cells can store information and emotional energy throughout the course of your life. If you are experiencing these challenges, listen more to your body, not less. Try not to get adversarial with your physical vessel. Try to reach a harmony with your body during these intense shifts that will be occurring for so many people this year. Many are also experiencing the release of their fear of death. These energies in the body can literally make you feel as if you are dying. If this has come up for you, please know that many are experiencing this at this particular time. We are so happy with your progress toward who you really are. We are with you to empower and give more understanding of the greatly shifting world around you as divine energies in the world continue to increase over time. Know that you are right where you should be. There's no way to mess up if you are moving toward greater self-love in your actions. You will not do this perfectly, nor should you have that expectation of yourself. Relax when you can, and most of all, believe in you. Until next time, know that the angels are here to support any uneasiness you may have with the changes in your life right now. Call upon us always whenever you need help and encouragement. We are only a thought away. Until next time, dear ones, we are the Seraphim. Well, it's kind of a lengthy message. I think, uh, you know, this week I think that they uh, make it up for lost time and they see that so many uh, changes are coming and and. I felt like uh, 2013 certainly just sort of flew by and um, thought maybe we'd get a little bit of a rest, but it seems like 2014 is really gearing up to be uh, an incredible year. Um, I always tell everybody, you know, just, uh, you know, put those seatbelts on and, and, uh, and enjoy the ride because as we're moving toward these higher frequencies, things will shift and change and, you know, 
really um, can really be challenging for us when so much change. Because, you know, we do resist change, don't we? And there's all kinds of things we resist at a subconscious level. And so I'm going to segue then into introducing my guests. Um, Vincent's 29 years of experience as a performer, yes, a performer, metaphysician, and psychotherapist, along with his intuitive abilities, the wisdom gained from dying, and his all-loving, compassionate approach make Vincent a highly effective, enlightened messenger, dynamic speaker, and an internationally beloved spiritual teacher. He has appeared on national television, radio, and print. That's my canned intro. But last time I had Vincent on, I felt like he and I were so connected. So welcome back to the Angel Connection, Vincent. Thank you for joining me. Well, thank you for having me back, CJ. And what a beautiful angel message. I enjoyed every word of it. How fabulous. Well, you know, it's 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 kind of like a uh, you know a weekly way to kind of gauge where you're at, you know, with with things that are happening, you know, because it's it's been some intense uh, couple of years here, I think. <laughs> oh, I agree with you, and and this year especially is all about energy helping your dreams come to fruition if you have them defined. And if you don't have them defined, there's going to be a real internal rumbling for most people. So I totally appreciated what the angel had to say. Well, you know, and I think we could probably jump jump right in. Um, you know, to the questions that I have for you, some people may not have, uh, you know, uh, listened uh, to our previous discussion. But you know, I, I do want to have you talk a, a little bit about what your what your childhood was like. Um, and just, you know, people like to get to know who's on the show. Well, certainly. Thank you so much for asking. Um, I do, even though it was a difficult childhood, I do appreciate sharing it so that people can find a way to, to relate to some of their own issues and problems and maybe just become inspired by some of the things that I wind up saying. But I had one of those childhoods where, I was the one shoved in lockers, head flushed in toilets and thrown in dumpsters and peed on and spit on and beat up every day or chased every day in school all the way until I was 17 years old. And then life at home wasn't much uh, safer because mom had some emotional disorders. She suffered from uh, depressive disorder and anxiety disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder and borderline personality disorder because she had been sexually abused by her brother until she was 13 years old. So at home... She used to beat me with pots, pans, and sticks and spoons, and she'd also have my father beat me for the slightest little thing, you know, if I left the teaspoon in the sink, and, and all sorts of things caused a, a lot of emotional distress in my life from when I was a real child all the way until I was able to, to leave finally. Then you might as well throw in on top of that that uh, a relative of mine who used to babysit me sexually abused me until I was 13 years old. And then given the fact that I became an altar boy because I was a, an Italian Roman Catholic in New York, and I, I think that's the law of all Italian families is to make sure their boys become altar boys. But that didn't uh, hide me from being sexually abused at the church from a parish priest. So that was the beginnings of my childhood and a lot of scarring that I know led me to where I am today, believe it or not, CJ. 
Well, you know, as people, you know, hear hear about your story and, and you know, I I love it when I think we share that, you know, we we might appear to just magically appeared at a happy point in our lives, you know, but everyone goes through and, and some who I, I think some of us who are meant to to try to help guide others, you know, we certainly had some difficult childhoods, you know, to to navigate and to, and to go through. Now, when you were a child, gosh, with all of this going on, Vincent, did you have much awareness of of your own spiritual nature? None. None at all. Uh, I know that I had some connection with a God, not necessarily the God they were teaching in religion, because I used to argue with the priests at church that they were teaching God wrong, and that was at 13 years old. So uh, some way or another, and some reason, I just had a devotion to to the God, my God, and to also Jesus as a figure, but it didn't really save me any of the pains or torments. It's not like I turned to that when I was a child. What I did turn to, however, I happened to be very talented as a young boy. I was able to sing. I had one of those Italian voices and acting abilities. And so I got involved performing very early. And from being on stage, the applause was the thing that I used as acceptance. As a matter of fact, it was the only thing that I had because even some people who would say that they were my friends, you know, I'd, I'd be you know, walking around the corner after a rehearsal one day and hear them laughing about me. Um, and so I know that there was nobody really dear and true and anybody that I could really trust except myself. So my resilience was my performing ability. And in hindsight, now I know what was keeping me going. But as a child, I didn't. There was an inner voice in me saying they're wrong. Now, that kept me going, and it really kept me from killing myself because it had been many times that I just wanted to die. There was no reason for me to live. I didn't feel any love whatsoever. And that voice would keep coming in saying, but they're wrong, keep going, they're wrong, keep going. Now I know that that was the voice of, of my inner God and my guides or whomever uh, on the other side that we can say guides us, helps us, including my own soul that was keeping me going. But I didn't know that then, and it certainly didn't uh, prevent the scarring that occurred and some of the issues that I had to deal with as a young adult. But it did keep me alive. So no, I had no idea that uh, I was spiritual. I had any paranormal abilities. Not at that point. Though my relatives may have, because they nicknamed me the little professor when I was young, and, and I never understood why, but looking back on it is I was always coming up with some type of answer as a little boy. You know, a little kid, I'm talking about at five years old, I would speak to all the adults and come up with answers in their conversations and to their questions, and they just nicknamed me the little professor. That, that was funny. <laughs> well, you know, it's, you know, talking about performing and things like that, you know, I, I similarly, you know, my outlet was to go dancing. You know, that was kind of how I got my acceptance or kind of tried to fill up. And, of course, back then, you know, and I, I loved to dance and, and things like that. And, and so... You know, it's just it's wonderful you had some ability that could really help 
keep you going, you know. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you relate to a chorus line and the song that, that one girl sings about the ballet. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Life was different at the ballet. Yes, definitely. Well, so, you know, there's a turning point that I, that I know in your life, you know, that, that happened around the age of 28. You, you turn That's that correct. spiritual yeah. corner, so to speak. So can you share what happened with that? Yeah, the, when, when you use the term, I turned the corner, it sounds like I was already driving in some direction and <laughs> all of a sudden decided to make a right or left turn. It was more like a tidal wave, um, shall we say. It, yes, funny thing is the guy who caused most of my antagonism when I was a kid in school, all the way up through high school, actually became the catalyst for my spontaneous spiritual awakening. I went to my 10-year high school reunion. It was just after the movie Grease was released, and I was a singer and dancer in the movie Grease. So, of course, there were all these articles and publicity about, you know, guy from a small town in a major motion picture. Even though I wasn't the star in it, they made a big deal about it. And, of course, that got out to all of my high school peers. So by the time I went to my reunion, I was I kind of like was a little famous in my town there. So I went, especially because of that, with a little chip on my shoulder saying, okay, you guys all picked on me, but I did something with my life, you know? Yeah, to go show them, hey, (laughs) hey, look. Right, exactly, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. And I was married by then, and my wife and I uh, went to the reunion, and everybody was, you know, exactly what I expected. They were all over me, treating me really nice, and there's been the one guy who did most of the antagonizing, I mean, he just embraced me and wouldn't let me go. And then he was by my side the entire reunion. And then afterwards we went out to, to breakfast together with a, with a bunch of other people. And he became a really close friend. And then in the, in the months that after, I kept recognizing that something was going wrong with his life. And, but he wasn't sharing it with anybody. He was the guy who rented the Porsche to impress everybody at the high school reunion. Well, that kind of sent a flag for me. But then he would also keep telling me how wonderful everything was going in his life. And I began to to feel internally like that was wrong. But I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. One weekend, my wife and I spent with him in Connecticut. And that was it. I was heartbroken because I felt pain in this guy but he wasn't sharing it. It was like he was laughing all over the place and life is wonderful, his wife is wonderful, but she wasn't there. His kids are fantastic, but they weren't there. The job is going unbelievably well and something was telling me just the opposite. So on the way home from visiting him that weekend, I was in tears, literal tears, with my wife and you know she couldn't understand what was wrong and I just said, and now, honey, I just, I feel for this guy. I know something is wrong with him. I know his life is literally falling apart. And she was saying, well, I know he was kind of like, you know, bragging a lot, but, his, you know, you really think his life is falling apart? I said, absolutely, I know it. Something horrible is going on in this guy's life, but I don't know how to help him. And, and I literally cried out, out loud, 
God, you, you, you got to give me the ability to help this guy. I, I'm, I'm hopeless here, and I don't know what to do to help him. Let me learn how to help him and help people like him because I can't stand people hurting like that. I know what it is. I mean, having been tormented through my life, I know what it was to feel worthless. And that's why I was recognizing that energy in him. Weeks after that visit and that cry out to God, that's when my entire life began to change. And all of a sudden I was being introduced to things that I was never interested in before, whether it be psychics, the paranormal, and people telling me things. I'm going to be a spiritual teacher. And I'm like thinking, these people are crazy. I'm going to be a a famous actor. I'm going to get an Academy Award one day. I'm not going to be a spiritual teacher. And then it just got it more and more intense. It became like a Cecil B. DeMille, Steven Spielberg epic ghost movie, and swirling <laughs> lights were appearing around me. And, and my friend that I've known for years, I find out, is a, a trance writer, and he's writing uh, guides that are introducing themselves to me and my higher self. And and, and again, telling me I'm going to be the spiritual teacher and then going to a meeting and voices coming out of another person's mouth telling me who they are in my life and crazy stuff. And, you know, stuff that they, you see in the movies that had nothing to do with my modest, humble life, you know, in Levittown, New York. And all of a sudden, just now things started not happening around me but with me. Uh, knowledge was coming into my head. I, I started to even trance a higher entity with me and my wife, and 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 I was becoming psychic and clairvoyant and see and hearing dead people. Holy cow, dead people! I, that was the last thing I was expecting in my life, CJ. And it it all came from me asking for the ability to help. And once these things started to fall into place and I was getting guidance with them then because I was reaching out to people help me, I was receiving universal guidance. I know that now. And it all turned to be my complete mission in life and purpose in life that came to fruition at that one point when I was ready. And I've been preparing for the past 30 years and it's only till today where it's coming out full-blown, blossoming, full-time for the past couple of years, and I'm touring the nation with all of this information. And when I look back, CJ, it was a whirlwind. It wasn't the turning of a corner, that's for sure. It just was one big whirlwind, but very well. Hard. And that, yeah, and that's when that's where you you know with your similar we have similar backgrounds and just you know when when all the seraphim showed up in my room that that you know yeah it's it's definitely not turning a cor- you know turning a corner right. and and all right. of that in fact i think you would relate to you know i um have some interesting discussions with uh, all kinds of people but i was actually having a discussion with a very lovely man he's a priest and telling him that you know he actually told him what had happened to me um and that you know, I know that God is sending angels into human form, you know, and, and, and all of this. And when we concluded our discussion, I stood up and I said, well, time to go home and organize my kitchen. 
And he looks at me, he smiles, and he says, you do go from the sublime to the ridiculous, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yeah. (laughs) So I think I'm going to have memoirs someday that just says from the sublime to the ridiculous, right? I think that's that's the title of a book. Yeah, yeah. I could see, Jay, again, here's our connection. I can say the same thing. I mean, here I am, this major psychic medium. People come to the house. I do phone readings, lectures all over the United States, and I, I, my house is, has been built on an Indian burial ground. I have Indians protecting my home, visiting me, and then you see me on my John Deere in the middle of the summer with my cut-off shorts and sleeveless shirt and hat mowing the lawn and sweating like a pig. It just doesn't fit the picture. You know what I'm saying? But right, right. <laughs> but, I, but I thought what a wonderful thing to come out of uh, Father Mike's mouth with from the sublime. I said, you just captured my whole life in like yes, one sentence. Yes, that is fantastic. But what did you do, CJ, seeing seraphims? Sitting in your all around you in your room didn't it make you feel like you were going crazy? Well, you know, I think that at that point, um, it's I think a manifestation like that. You know, seraphs are are the host of heaven. So I had had uh, you know I see dead people, all these things. You know that that we kind of that's kind of a cliche now because of a, you know because of that the movie of course, uh, of course. with the young boy. Um, but it, what happened as a result of that experience, and I know you can relate to this, and this is, I'm bringing this up for a reason for listeners too, is when, we, when these huge uh, inundations, you know, or huge um, experiences do kind of push our mind to the point at which, you know, I, I almost felt like my, my brain was, for a while, was going, does not compute, does not compute. Does not, you know, mm-hmm. even though I had had these experiences, be, you know, before, certainly not quite like that day. And when 13 seraphim show themselves to you and say, you know, God sent us, you, you, you better get busy. But, right, right, of course. Um, there was about six months of just trying to find uh, an equilibrium with that intense spiritual uh, information and flow with the, you know, being a human being, you know, and, and those, those, uh, those different areas can be so, seem so far away from each other. And I think that that was my challenge, um, right. you know, mentally to sort of cope right, with that right. and, for a while. And for, for the sake of your listeners, a lot of people wind up listening to, to us, us, us teachers and messengers and go, Oh wow! Nothing like that ever happened to me. I could never be that spiritual, and and the thing is that's absolutely not true. It it was a course that apparently we decided to take in this particular lifetime. But just like everybody else with their with their given talents and traits that they're meant to experience in this lifetime, that's going to bring joy. Whether they they play music and they and they touch a person's heart, they they paint and 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 bring such enlightenment to someone or write or they're they're able to organize people and and businesses everybody has their own gift and purpose here but we're all spiritual beings first so not everybody has to have a host of seraphim or swirling smoke and you know guides speaking through them 
in order to be high spiritual beings. Everybody can communicate with their authentic selves and their guides personally. We're just here to, to wake that up in you or help that revive in you when you remember how to do that, but not that we are special beings above you and you'll never experience what we experience. You could probably experience even more. You know what I said? Jeez, that's what Jesus said, right? What I do, you can do and even better. Right, and so, you know, and you know, I love I I love you saying that what you just said, Vincent, because um, you know, getting you know suddenly having those types of uh, spiritual experiences that are that intense, you know, is not for everybody. It right. brings with it a whole host of other things that we could do a whole show on, but it's not really important right now. But, I mean, it, it, it stretches you to the limits. And right. I think for those of us that, like you said, we're here to awaken others, to show them the, the God in themselves, you know, to help awaken those things. We really got forged by fire, you know, like you temper steel, right? Because we yes. had to get busy, um, you know, toward those things because – even if this drops in your lap, you still have to deal with your own subconscious issues or the ways that your oh. mind creates illusions. And, you know, I'm sure oh, that yeah. you, you didn't, you know, you didn't get pushed past that work. You had to, to deal with those own things. I oh, have no, had to deal oh, with those yeah. things. Oh, I you know, call so, them the, the scars of our stories, our human stories are still with us. That scar of our, our youth is still with me. I still hear my little Vinny turn around and say, or you're not good enough. No matter how much I've done and no matter where I'm going, I still hear that voice and I still have to put him in check and, and work on that. Oh, no, as long as I'm in human form here, I'm going to have some of the same things to work with as every other human here. Just because I have some spiritual base and this wisdom and knowledge, it, it doesn't exclude me from the type of growth that everybody goes through here. And that's something that doesn't come out a lot when we're when we're teaching. You know that no. um, nobody gets to skip a rung on that ladder from the human <laughs> sense. You know, we we no. still. You know, they may push us to the very limits of our sanity. However, you know, I will still wake up on the wrong side of the bed, or my little girl, who never fit in, who was always mercilessly teased, mm-hmm. she'll she'll mm-hmm. get upset. Still, once oh, in a yeah, while, absolutely. and you turn, and absolutely. there's little little CJ, and you're like, honey, it's okay. We don't live in that time anymore. You know, we love ourselves, but it 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 is just in layers, and we can't control when those things arise, which is part of, like, the angel message of accepting it. It's like you have to accept little Vinny. He got hurt. Right, exactly, and that's what I try to teach everybody, and that's a, the most important thing I want your listeners to, to really get from this is that they are just as great. They are just as wonderful yes. and fantastic. And it just, I enjoy the, the opportunity to help my brothers and sisters remember how great they are, you know, and you do the same. Amen. Love it. Love it. And, you know, so I know you do, I, I love, you know, I went to your website, you know, become unstoppable, you know. I, I, I love all of the, the phrasing and everything, you know, and, what I did want to discuss, um, you know, this evening is is about those subconscious things that, you know, keep us from moving forward, certainly. And, you know, I think that there is a lot 
of misunderstanding in some ways about the subconscious mind itself. Because oh, everyone's yeah. like, well, my subconscious, my, you know, and they're putting kind of a bad, uh, you know, a bad reputation on the subconscious. But, you know, the angels have been hammering on me for the last three years, practice being in the moment, being in the moment, being in the moment. And something that I did not expect about um, our subconscious is how deeply instinctual we are. Well, here's the thing about the subconscious mind, okay? If, it, if this helps you, and having come from it, I'm going to give you some, some psych, psychological background coming from a psychotherapy-experienced um, uh, clinician that I was. Your, your brain is divided into, or shall I say, your mind is divided into three basic parts, just basic parts. I've come up with other parts, but the three basic parts are your conscious, your subconscious, and your unconscious superconscious mind. Freud was actually the one to deem the subconscious, I mean the, the uh, higher conscious or superconscious mind, the unconscious mind. He thought he was the one who put that third level in there because he felt and he knew that there was some place that connects all humans to a higher understanding, an innate understanding that knows the difference between right and wrong, good and bad, you know, and it allows us to make right decisions, okay? And then his student, Carl Jung, he went one step further and said that that's the superconscious mind, that's the mind of our soul that's connected to the, the collective unconscious or God's mind. So in other words, everyone is connected to the same place, and that is in your unconscious mind. Now, the purpose of the subconscious mind, humans cannot live without it. If you think about it, the subconscious mind controls all your autonomic functions, breathing, your heart beating, but all the other functions of your body happens automatically. But it also has to control some automatic thought functions and feeling functions. For example... The minute you feel something hot, you automatically pull your body back. You don't have to think, oh, this is hot, let me remove my finger. <laughs> Otherwise, it would burn by the time you finish saying that. Um, if, if you had to think about how to walk after you've learned how to walk, it would take you days just to get to your job in the morning. You know what I mean? It's like you'd have to think, okay, first I put my right foot down, then I put my left foot down and forward, then I move it. No, so it has to become automatic. That's what your subconscious brain does. However, once you start training it with your conscious mind and some of the unconscious mind, it sparks and responds by itself. It is really not the demon. It's not right. the one that causes your problems. It just is going to respond automatically. It doesn't think for itself and it doesn't respond for itself, it just responds. So someone says something, and before you have a chance to really think about it, somebody turns around and says, you know, you're really stupid. Well, believe it or not, you, are not, you don't get a bad feeling from what that person said. You have to have a thought first before the bad feeling comes up. And that's what the subconscious mind does. It puts in a thought so quickly, but it puts in what you're used to, 
what it's been trained to say. Here's the problem. All the stuff you went through when you're younger gets rooted deep within you in your unconscious mind, and it starts feeding the subconscious mind. So now from your conscious mind only accounts for 2 to 5% of the whole mind. That means your what? 95, your 2 conscious to 5%. Mind? Your conscious mind only accounts for 2 to 5%. Your, your subconscious and unconscious mind is 95 to 98% of your entire mind. And it has to be that way in order for us to live. That's why all the teachings of stay in the moment, what they're trying to teach you is to stay as conscious as you can because then you can catch the negative thoughts. You can catch the automatic responses. But if you live unconsciously or subconsciously, you're always just responding. You're, you're never, ever. So here's the problem, CJ. People think they believe one thing when in actuality they believe something different. So, for example, I'm a good Christian. I'm a good person. I care about people. People consciously say that. But on the subconscious or deeper conscious level, some of their beliefs are, I'm not really good, I'm not nice, I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. That's what gets in the way. It's not the fact that we have the bad beliefs, it's the fact that we deny those bad beliefs. And that's where we have a protective mechanism that steps in. That's the, the adult-made mind, I call it, which is a wedge between the soulful mind and your conscious mind. That's where we harbor all of our defense mechanisms because we have to protect ourselves from those bad, bad feelings that we gathered when we were a kid from our the way we were treated and teased and the negative messages we got, those are the maladaptive beliefs. As a psychotherapist, most of the work that I ever did was to try to bring to the surface those beliefs of people because depressed people, anxiety-ridden people, uh, people with tremendous fears, they were a little bit more obvious that they had beliefs like that. But guess what? Your people walking the earth today that think they're doing well in business, but they don't have really good relationships, they don't necessarily have the best health they, ha- health they have, or maybe they have good relationships, but they can't get a job, and they're consciously walking around not depressed, not anxiety-driven, but they're still unfulfilled. They don't understand that their conscious minds aren't creating their lives. Their unconscious beliefs are. And that's what I help people bring to the surface. And especially as a psychic medium, I see it immediately in a person. I see exactly what a person is believing when they sit in front of me. Then my job is to get them to accept it. You know, it's really hard to admit you don't believe in yourself, but it's the best piece of medicine that you can do for yourself is to honor that feeling. That's the little voice, the little Vinny, the little CJ, the little Johnny, 
the, the little Mary who's believing still, I'm not good enough. I mean, how can you walk away from those scars of what you, you went through when you were younger? You worked with the issues, but you never took care of the scar, and you can't. You've got to remember the scar. That's and what gets not, in the way. Right, right. And I, this is so, so uh, synchronous with just some of the work that, you know, I've been helping uh, friends who are struggling with is that, like you said, when there's this incongruency between what we're consciously, you know, believing mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and while at the same time denying, you know, denying our woundedness, denying those scars as if they don't exist. Right. Well, and until you can turn and accept, here. yep, this, this bad thing happened, you know, until you can accept all of you, you know, <laughs> all of the things uh, that went into making you who you are, uh, you know, the good stuff, you know, people like to mm-hmm. kind of, bliss out in the new age these days and things like that. But if they still haven't done this other, they're not going to be fulfilled. They're always going to be unhappy. So oh I love what you're gosh. saying. Yeah. CJ, how many spiritual teachers do we know still have misery in their lives? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot. Oh, my gosh. Every time I'm invited to do a psychic fair, and I, and I help out with the psychic fair, I'm sitting in the room, and before people are walking in, I'm listening to these psychics talk about, oh, my gosh, I can't eat that because that really kills me, and I break out from this horrible rash. There's hardly anything I can eat. Oh, and, and smells. I can't deal with the smells. And, oh, you know, I'm, I'm tired of relationships. I'm just going to stay alone the rest of my life. It's easier that way. And I'm sitting there going, holy cow, these are the people helping other people, and they can't even get their own lives in, in order, but that's what happens. And that's, because we, we can hide behind anything. Oh, sure. I mean, that the human we're we're profoundly good at this. We are. Well, we're, we're at least eleven thousand years old, perfect in it. That's I mean, that's how long life, human life, has been on the face of the earth now, and we've learned to deal with it that long, you know, and probably other lifetimes before that too. Uh, we're so afraid of, of feeling that only because we really believe it's true. Right. So that's the proof why we don't allow ourselves to feel, you know, my, I, I really feel sometimes that I'm just not good enough. We don't want to admit that truly because then we're afraid that really is true. I'm, I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not good enough. I mean, that's, that's in, in therapy, it's so easy to see why people don't even want to go to therapy because all they think is they're going to be made to feel bad. But if they give it enough chance and they get through all of the garbage that was created around them, they get to their authentic, wonderful self. Anything that you feel as a little kid that's bad is totally incorrect. No child and no person is worthless. No person is unlovable. No child, I mean, just think, if a 10-year-old came running to you and saying, Mommy, I I did terrible in school today and the teacher corrected me, I'm so stupid and I'm never going to amount to anybody anybody, and and the kids picked on me and, and I'm not lovable, nobody likes me, I hate myself. Would you turn around and say, yeah, you know, you're right, kiddo, you know, get over it, that's what life is, you suck, 
You know, of course not. You would tell that child, no, that we don't have the capacity as children to think correctly. Well, guess what? Just because you're an adult, the moment your inner child button is pushed, you don't think correctly. Right. You just feel and respond. And that's because the subconscious mind was trained to do that. But staying in the conscious, being mindful, allows you to hear those thoughts and go, oh, wow, wait a minute. You know, stop. And just like you would with any child, you stop the child, correct its truth, and then reinforce what really is true. You're wonderful. You're magnificent. Look at how far you've gone and, 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 and how beautiful you are. You have your own gifts. It just in divine and nature makes you magnificent. We don't do that with ourselves, and we need to. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about being able to observe uh, just reality in the moment and that's the only space at which you truly can see or observe a thought arising within you to take oh, an action yeah. to change I that possibility. Yeah. And and I, well, I, I studied that. with a lot of Buddhist teachers, you know, so they were talking about these, you know, reality, you know, thoughts arise out of you. And I never used to get that until I practiced, practiced, practiced being in the moment. And I, you know. I can tell, and the more you do this, certainly, the, the easier it is to, like you sort of change, change that story, recognize what's going on, you know, like, and, and, and trust, trust me, you know, it's challenging. I'm, I'm actually back to work full time, as many of my listeners know, you know, I'm juggling more than I, than I probably ever have. It's great stuff for the second book in the Angel Incarnate series called Two Worlds, because I'm walking it, baby, you know, so. Oh, um, Excellent. You know, but it's perfect every day, sometimes grueling practice at being in the moment um, and simply taking, you know, the moment I'm in at that time. But that's where our power is, is in that moment. Well, it's only in that moment. I mean, that is really the message of any of the spiritual leaders that were here that passed that on and, and, and ones like Jesus that said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own worries. What he was actually trying to say is you've got to stay in today. You've got to take care of today. And, and to, if you're thinking about tomorrow, you're missing today. So what difference does it make if you get to tomorrow if you've already missed a day? Then when tomorrow comes, you'll be worrying about the next day. So it doesn't make sense not to be in the present moment. You miss so many wonderful things in that moment. You also miss, sometimes you, you miss the, the chance of helping yourself and protecting yourself. Like how many times, if you're at least in the moment, you hear, don't turn down that block, or quick look, you know, look straight, you're about ready to hit something, and you, know, you turn your head, oh my God, you put on the brake. You know, something just told you, or you avoid an accident on the freeway, or you didn't go to work that day because you got this moment, oh, you just should just stay home and something happened at work. You know what I'm saying? Those are all things that happen for us on a daily basis to help us, but, but if you're not in the moment, you're going to miss that. You're going to miss that message. You're going to miss the opportunities. You're going to miss the protection. You're going to miss the messages. You miss most of your life. 
And all it is is on a distraction, you know, that keeps us away from, you know, facing what we just need it to yes. simply. You know. Oh, I and know. We, and, and, and we're good at distracting I, ourselves, too. <laughs> we, we are. Oh, we do. We do. We distract ourselves all the time. But really think about it. After you've been through something, remembering it doesn't cause the same pain. You don't relive the pain. You're actually creating a new memory of that pain. So you can actually, like I just finished telling you my youth, my story, right? It didn't hurt at all telling it. But if you've not gotten over or dealt with some of the scars that have come from your past, every time you think about it, you recreate a new emotion. You can never relive an old emotion. Once it's gone, it's gone. So you recreate new ones with new thoughts. So you can choose not to have new thoughts about your old experiences. You can use it, but not if you're believing. Here's here's the problem, what I said earlier. Most people believe they're not worthy they're not good, they're not lovable, they're not deserving. Because that's why when they think about their past again, it hurts again. Only your inner truth and what you believe is to be true is what hurts you. doesn't mean that it is true. Exactly. And so, you know, we talked about a couple of things that can be real barriers to, you know, really recognizing you know these these scars these are woundedness sometimes um is there something else you want to share with, about that you know another suggestion you know of things that we kind of have to get out of the way so that we can recognize to get out of the way okay well in my actual workshop that I do stop stopping mm-hmm. yourself and become unstoppable okay mm-hmm. i literally tell people what you have to do You don't want to forget your past like everybody tells you to. You don't want to forget your story. You don't want to stop talking about your story. You you want to stop using your story as an excuse. But for goodness sakes, you should be able to reflect on your entire life here and not even cut out portions of it. You want to use your life. That's why you're here. Your story, your youth, is only chapter one of your entire novel that you came here to write. So you use it. You don't forget it, and nor can you. So this is what I tell people to do. You have to find your I'm not, I call them, the I'm not, that I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. Whatever resonates with you the most, whatever message you received the most when you were younger, mine was you're not good enough. I mean, literally, I heard my mother say, even when I was an actor, oh, why do you want to be an actor Nobody good in acting came from our family. Nobody's ever done that. You're not good enough to be an actor. So I literally heard that all my childhood. And then after I'm being picked on and beat up and tormented, it really sunk that in. Well, the people don't like you. You're not good enough. The people Yeah, like. it must be true, right? <laughs> it must be true if I'm being picked on. So you take your I'm not and you visually tattoo it to your body somewhere, visually see it on you. Why do we tattoo ourselves? We tattoo ourselves to intentionally remember something, to make it a permanent memory, right? 
Most, most tattoos you, you don't reverse or you can't remove. You want to remember it, which is why it's a problem when somebody tattoos somebody's name on there that they eventually break up with or divorce or something like that. That's crazy. But <laughs> I want you to, yeah, right? But I want you to visually tattoo your I'm not. My I'm not good enough is right on my arm. I've got it beautiful. I've got, in my mind, I've got angel wings on it, everything, arrows going through it, you know, hearts all around it. But it says, I'm not good enough. And the reason why I want it so visual, so upfront, is because every time I have a doubt, every time I have a fear, Every time I get angry, upset, or my wife says something and my, the hair on the back of my neck goes up, I have something to connect that feeling to. Here's the bottom line premise. Every good feeling we ever experience in our lives comes from our soul and our connection to our higher good, our divinity, or our authenticity. Everything negative comes from that human scar, your I'm not. So as long as you can keep connecting the dots to every bad feeling, to your I'm not, and don't come up with dumb excuses like, well, it's because of the President of the United States that I don't have a good job, or it's because of um, the guy down the street that's, that's ruining my, not my car with, with, with the, all the, the garbage he leaves on the street with his, or it's, it's, it's the guy who's looking at my wife, or it's this, or it's that, or it's this. It's the, the you know, work is so hard that I don't have time to take care of myself. All the excuses we can come up with, if we can avoid them by constantly connecting the dot to our, I'm not, right here. No, it's not those excuses. It's little Vinny's I'm not. It's little Vinny saying I'm not good enough. That's the reason why I felt bad just because my boss didn't give me the good raise. I felt bad because the guy cut me off driving down the street. I felt bad because I got into an argument with my friend. I felt bad because my girlfriend didn't call me back. It's all because of your I'm not. That's doing that. So that's part one. The more you keep connecting the dot to it, the more you begin to disempower it. Did you ever see the game? It's an old game, a video game on TV called Tetris. It was colored blocks, and the colored blocks would come down the screen, and you were able to move on the bottom any of the blocks that built up on the bottom. You can move them back and forth and back and forth, and what you try to do is you're trying to align five of the same color block up in a row. Once you did, they disappear. Now, if you didn't do that fast enough, the entire screen would fill with all these blocks and the game would be over. Right. Every time I played that for connect, hours. I know, right? Crazy. It drove me nuts. But here's the same principle. Every time you connect your, your upsetness, your negativeness to your I'm not, you begin to disempower that voice. You begin to disempower the I'm not. Then the second part of you, what you want to do is you want to reparent yourself. And as long as you know you're getting upset because your little button was pushed, that's another word for a button. Your I'm not is a, and your scar is, is another word for your button. 
We've heard that phrase before, right? Oh, she knows how to push a button. She knows how to push a button. What it really is is he or she knows how to get your I'm not inflamed. Now you have to reparent yourself by telling your I'm not, by telling your voice, by telling your inner child you're wrong. You're wrong. So don't leave it as just recognizing that that's where it's coming from. Reinforce the truth and retrain your subconscious mind. You are wrong, little Vinny. You really are good enough. Look at all the work you've done. You were always a wonderful kid. You were beautiful. The kids didn't pick on you because you were bad. They picked on you because they had their own issues going on. Their moms and dads were beating them. Your mom was so hurt. She didn't, it wasn't that she didn't love you. It was because she was so unloved. She didn't know how to parent. It had nothing to do with you. And so you were wonderful. You were beautiful. You are divine in nature. You can't help but be perfect. And you need to constantly reinforce that. So those are the major steps. The hardest is recognizing and knowing when your I'm not is speaking. But if you keep it in the forefront of your mind, you have more of a chance of understanding rather than turning to your defense mechanism. Did I make that clear? Is that oh, clear, I, TJ? I, yeah, yeah, Vincent. I mean, that's a beautiful way of explaining it. And it would explain, too, with, you know, with the way frequencies have accelerated that, like, last year I knew at least a dozen people who were needing to work on their inner child big time. You know, that that, that was a rising for so many um, to to connect with, I like I like uh, how you teach because it, it, it's a way that you know it's easier to grasp or understand. I mean, you and I could probably sit in nine days with some teacher and absorb everything, but when it comes down to the practical, I just really appreciate uh, the approach that you have um, and and that way of looking at it because we do have to take. You know, we do have to reparent. I like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> reparent, you know, that child in us. And I can't we believe do. we're down. I can't believe we're down to two minutes. But yes, I can because you're, you're just oh. wonderful. Um, how can people? You. And and two minutes are remaining here. I know you have a, a an appearance coming up. I want you to mention that and how people can get a hold of you. Well, they, everybody can go to my website at www.vincentjenna.com, and that's V-I-N-C-E-N-T-G-E-N-N-A.com, and see all the upcoming appearances I'm going to be making. But uh, next weekend, I will actually be at the Conscious Life Expo at the LAX Hilton, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm going to be doing a lecture on Saturday at, from 12 to 1 called God, It's Not Working. And then I'm also on a psychic panel uh, giving premonitions of the future, and that occurs Sunday morning for two hours. So anybody wants to come down there and say hello, they're more than welcome to. But then I'm going to be traveling all, all around. I'm also going to be at the Eddie Casey Foundation, the Association for Research Enlightenment in Virginia Beach this year. I'm very excited about that. I'm doing a three-day workshop with Evan Alexander there. And so, so many things are happening, and if they go to my website, they can even download a free audio for signing on my website called God and Your Ego Are One. And it's all about the misinterpretations and the, and the confusion about what the ego actually is and that it's not our enemy. It's our greatest gift that we were given the moment we were created. So, so um, 
So I've left that, and people can join me on Facebook and interact with me. I've given everybody a, a chance to be able to ask any questions, and, of course, anybody can sign up for a reading. Wow, Vincent, you're going to be all over the place, so I can't. You have to stay in touch and, and let me know how things are going. Thank you so much for being on this evening. Oh, and and, thank you so much for having me back. You're, you're a sweetheart. I love talking and working with you, and I just know you're doing incredible things out there. And more to come in 2014. Just be prepared. Yes, I'm, uh, I got lots, lots in the works here. So, well, <laughs> thanks to everyone for tuning in to this first uh, show being back. So glad I had my brother Vincent here to share it with me. Um, I'm welcoming uh, back to the show next week Barbara Eden uh, to talk about raising our frequency. And I'm also working on some shows where I'm going to be interviewing actual incarnates on the show. So watch for that. Well, until next time, my dearest friends, remember to be angelic to yourselves so that you can become an angel to others. Take care. Have a blessed week. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.